What is up, guys? It's Primetime Kansas City. On today's episode, we'll be going over the Chiefs versus the Saints. Maybe a preview of this year's Super Bowl. Who knows? We'll be going over all other Week 15 games, giving you our lock of the weeks. Uh, NBA season starts in less than a week. And we also have an interview with Missouri sports beat writer Mitchell Forty about Missouri football and the expectation on that and what we can expect from the basketball team this upcoming season. But other than that, this is Primetime Kansas City presented to you by Q39. Now let's hear a message from our sponsor. Celebrate the holidays Kansas City style. Q39's grab-and-go barbecue packages are an easy and convenient way to get dinner on the table so you can spend more time with your family this holiday season. The barbecue package feeds four people and includes your choice of two meats, plus three delicious sides and all the fixins. Get your queue in a click by visiting q39kc.com to place your online order today. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now you guys know John wants to kick my ass, so there's that. Um, we're recording this in the middle of the Thursday Night Football game. Derek Carr has went down because he hurt his dick. Um mm-hmm. Chargers are losing. They were winning. Marcus Mariota just threw a dot. It's ten to seven. I'm gonna be honest. I had the Chargers winning this game. I did too, and I still do. Yeah, John, who do you have going in tonight? Oh yeah, I had the Chargers winning. Um, but I'm honestly worried. Marcus Mariota just dropped the dime today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once, once, once. Uh, Carr got hurt. I honestly kind of thought this was gonna be an easy win for the Chargers, but not, not so. Maybe Mariota's reinventing his career tonight. Just like Tanner. Be interesting. To be beat fun. the Chiefs in the playoffs again. I would cry. They're not making oh, the playoffs. Oh my god, I would kill myself. <laughs> They're not making the playoffs. Imagine yeah. if Patrick Mahomes lost to Marcus Mariota. I mean he technically did. He was on the roster that lost to him. That's so Yeah, great. but I mean he didn't really Yeah. I wonder if I he would have won. Anyway, um we have Saturday football, which Really sucks. Terrible planning by the NFL. Sucks. Are you kidding me? Josh, did you just open the what the 2017-2018 Chiefs have been better off if Alex Smith got hurt can of worms? Sorry. I just have to mention that you said that because I always think about that. When did I and say that? No, you just said, would, would, would we have won if Mahomes had played? And then you reminded me of the, what if Alex Smith would have gotten hurt the year before can of worms? And now I can't stop thinking about it. I'm so confused. How do you not know what I'm talking about? Like, are you saying that? No, like, we're going to would... have to cut this out now. No, I'm no, saying no, we're people not. We're not don't consider that if Alex Smith would have just gotten hurt while he was on the Chiefs and Mahomes could have came in, we could have won another Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> we could be going I, don't think, I don't think Josh believes that because Josh was a Mahomes hater, so... I don't okay, think. no, I wasn't a hater. Yes, I wasn't a believer. Yes, no, that's yes. that's no. no. There were, what Josh, I just said matches that we shouldn't have traded Alex Smith crew. Like, yeah, the people probably who bitched was. when we traded Alex Smith. I was like, what the hell? Like, well, obviously we shouldn't keep him. looking at that trade. We kind of got screwed. No, it, we, no, we didn't. We, we got, got Kendall, Kendall Fuller, Fuller for what, two years. We got Kinder Fu- Kendall Fuller in a second round pick that got us either Juan Thornhill or Miko Hardman. Yeah, and I don't ha- really think that was bad move. Like, okay. Anyway, how is that a bad move? Because we <laughs> couldn't re-sign Kendall Fuller. Oh my we god! Care. Doesn't matter. He got the game-winning interception in a Super Bowl. Nah, like, we were gonna win that game anyway. Okay, the game. We don't win the Super Bowl without him, most likely. That's I mean, he, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Oh, so it was worth it. All right, fine. It was worth it. Plus, anyway, you got rid of the quarterback that was taking you nowhere. Anyway, let's get into how bad the NFL is with scheduling. 
Why would you schedule it on this Saturday? This is the one Saturday I look forward to in college football. I, I mean, they're going to dominate the the freaking ratings anyway. Who? So the NFL. No, they're what? No, you think college aren't. football is going to beat the NFL? You're gonna, so you're telling me you're going to watch the Bills and the Broncos over the Clemson and Notre Dame game? That yes. determines who's making the playoffs. Yes. Hell no. It's oh, Clemson's going to route Notre Dame. I'm not watching. Are you that sure shit. about that? Yes. I know they beat them earlier. They didn't have Trevor Lawrence or their best three defensive players. Like, I, I'll say this right now: we don't do college locks of the weeks, but Clemson by 14 or more easily. Oh, jeez, oh. give me. I mean, Notre Dame's not that freaking good. Come on, it's the same story every year with that team. But Jackson, they, I agree, they, Jackson. They didn't play Clemson every single year. They played Clemson this year, and they could keep up with them. I'm not saying they're going to beat them, but they they can keep up with them at least. I, I'll tell you right now, this game will be more than 14 points. That's I'm just telling you right now. That's that's a pretty small over, but I'll take the over in 14 total points. I'm not Can saying I take 14 total points. Week? Can I take Clemson minus 10 and a half with my Bro, Clemson, sure, if, sure. if we can do college, I'm taking Clemson minus 10 no, and a half. Only one of you can take college. You no. guys got to find out. <laughs> Come on, bro. Clemson is going to smack Notre Dame. It's Here. not even going to be Here. close. We'll do two lock of the weeks. So, Jackson and John, you're going to take Clemson both, which is kind of a pussy move. I'm going to take How Missouri. is that a pussy move when you're the one trying to defend Notre Dame right now? It's like, oh, they can keep no, up with that them. you're both taking it. Like, I'm fine one person taking it. Because it's the most obvious line of the weekend. Are you sure? Missouri as a one-and-a-half point favorite against a two-and-seven team? I will never pick a Mizzou line. Let's just keep that up well, front. Well, I'm picking Missouri. So, there you guys go. We'll give you, you, we'll you two free plays. Wow. Okay. Um. But, yeah, that game. But the Saturday night game is uh, Green Bay and – Carolina. I'm all for that game because there's really no good Saturday. Well, the SEC, SEC championship yeah. game will be on at that time. It'll be Florida versus Bama. Would, yeah, the one time the Bama Chiefs will beat the shit out of them, yeah, so the it doesn't matter. The Chiefs were on Saturday night football against the Chargers. It just felt weird. Let's just be completely honest. College football is an absolute snooze fest until the college football playoffs. It just is. You know Alabama, Clemson are going to be there. And but you know those are the best the teams. teams. Okay, like, I would say that's generally correct, but I will say the Bama-LSU game last year in the regular season got me pretty hyped. Yeah, one, yeah there's exceptions sometimes. Like, LSU was insane last year. But we know if they told you to name the four teams that will make the playoffs coming into this year, you probably would have missed one. Like, And that's the same way it is every that's single what season. everybody wants to know. Who's that one team? Yeah, it'll probably be – um, the four is probably going to be Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. I hope Texas A&M makes it. It's going to be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame. That's what I just said. He wasn't okay. going numer- numerical order. Oh, yeah, I wasn't going in order. Uh, those yeah. are just the four teams that are going to make it. In all honesty, I just do not see Alabama losing a game this year. I don't either. <laughs> Mac Jones is way too good. He's way uh, too okay, Clemson Bama is a toss up because I saw, I thought this exact thing to his junior year, like, oh, Bama can't lose, and then Clemson kind of said, yeah, you can. Yeah, they smacked so, him. But I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Listen, it's in a COVID to... year where anything can happen, exactly. college has been the exact opposite. It's been the exact same shit. But, I mean, you can, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, literally a dude costed the Florida Gators a college football playoffs. By that was funny. Although they were not going to the college football playoffs. Let's if be they honest. Beat, if they beat Bama, they were, but it doesn't matter now. 
Or if they beat Bama, they'll be in. Yeah, let's go to, Bama, let's go to make in. pretend. Let's go to make pretend land where they beat Alabama. <laughs> Florida stood no chance versus Bama either way. That's, I I win That's why I like the NFL a lot more is because it's so much better. There's so many more teams that are involved like in the mix. College football is just like, oh, yeah, you give out the most five-star scholarships every single season year after year, so you're going to be undefeated every freaking year. You might lose a game or two once, but the next year you'll bounce back. It's just like, what the piss? Like, how is this entertaining? I would say this. College basketball is way more in the regular season and postseason is more entertaining. College basketball is superior to college football in every regard, in my opinion. No, I'm talking about NBA. College basketball quality of play, like – is bothering me so much this year. I'm it is you, terrible. The fans, it's always been terrible. Without the fans, I'm like, holy crap, this isn't good. Like, it's, it's always been. I'd say the cringiest part about college basketball is just the shooting is dreadful. Those guys just – it's literally just a brick contest from three. Those guys always shoot like 30% from three as a team. I'm just like, what the hell? And then you turn on the NBA, and these guys are making like 50% a night. And you're just like, what the hell? Jackson, why so, do you hate college sports? I don't hate college sports. I yeah. like college basketball. But college basketball is fun because because it doesn't have the same stupid system that college football does where, oh, the AP gets to decide exactly how your season finishes. Oh, we think that one's – Sorry, I had a Gatorade. Yep, there it is. At least in college basketball, 68 teams get a one-chance opportunity to prove themselves. College football, you get four teams, and they get a combined – you get a combined three games or four games out of it. No, three games. Yeah, I'm right. You get to combine three games out of it. So, yeah, screw Look, that. March Madness is better than bowl season. Yeah, and March Madness oh, is better than close. anything. It's better Bowl than season is fun. I'm not going to lie. Like, just randomly betting on, like, Louisiana Tech has to be thrilling. And, like, when they play in, like, the you suck ass bowl. But, like, I mean, yeah. I Yeah, I mean, like, there's not – I will say this. New Year's Day watching college football is fun, but there's nothing compared to watching March Madness. It's just nothing. Yeah. I think that has to be said. Now Except that we for the got Super our... Bowl, in my opinion, is its own thing. Super Bowl is its own thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, now that we got all of our uh, college hateness out, yeah. um, let's go into maybe it's 15. because Mizzou is a freaking dreadful, Josh. Yeah, that could <laughs> be that's it. Why we hate if it. we let were it Alabama, out, John, fans, John yeah, just let it out. If we were a prominent like Alabama, LSU, or Georgia fan, like we would love college football. It'd be it just. Yeah, that's just because we're not that, that we don't give a shit, really. Think about KU fans. <laughs> they just don't understand anyway, that football. Anyway, Buffalo like Bills versus the Denver Broncos. Bills are six-point favorites. Um, Yeah, I'm taking the Bills, and I'm hammering it. But it's not my lock of the week. I'll take the Bills here. Denver, I don't know what to make of them. I just, they're not very good. Buffalo is. That's all you can really say. Yeah, Um. here's the deal, everybody. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on the Buffalo train. Oh yeah. Buffalo yes. lock of the week. Oh wow. <laughs> yep. Yep. They've been kicking my ass all you, you this just time. Went from finally picking at, you just went from picking your lock of the week, whoever's playing whoever's playing Buffalo, to now picking Buffalo? Yeah. No, I've gone full circle, man. It's uh it's an John, evolution. You're a changed man. You are a changed man. I suppose that I am. I tried to help you last week and told you to pick the Bills versus the Steelers, but you insisted on taking Kansas City. Well, we didn't let him pick it. Dude, I... No, you didn't let him pick Philly oh, uh, yeah. plus seven. No, I didn't or... let him pick the Saints minus seven. Yeah, and... Yeah, John would have been just... a loser anyway. True, 
True. Either game, he would have been a loser. But yeah, yep. never mind. Yeah. No. Uh, and I would have yeah, been a loser take... if I would have stuck with the Chiefs, too. Next or I game. did stick with the Chiefs. But yes. I would have been a loser if I would have switched to New Orleans. Sorry. Which is what we just said. Yep. Panthers, Packers. Packers are eight-point favorites in this game. Um, yeah, I don't see any way the Panthers can win this game. There's there's literally no chance. Uh, yeah, not really. Is Christian McCaffrey going to play? Nope. Is he done for the season? He's being a mm, pussy. Not necessarily. Poseidus. But, yeah, he's, he's not playing. John, who are you taking? Uh, oh, no, I'm taking the Panthers. No, I'm taking the Packers. Um, Packers and give me the Packers spread as well. I think they'll cover the big one. All right. I think they'll cover it well. Next up, Texans versus Colts. Colts are seven and a half point favorites in this game. I want to say this could be an upset, but I just can't see it. Well, it was two weeks ago. Yeah, but then it wasn't, and I got my yeah. and I won my lock of the week. Thank you to yep, Sean Watson. Fumble in the snap at like the three yard line. Yeah, give me um, Colts. I, I I'll take Colts. I, I think Texans cover. Yeah, Colts Texans cover for me as well. All right, next up, the Bears versus the Vikings. Vikings are three-point favorites. I'm going to pick the Bears only because I want to see them make the playoffs. I'm going to pick Chicago as well, actually, in this one. But you're but, actually picking them because you think they'll win. I'm, yeah, I mean, I do not want to see them in the playoffs at all. But I do. Yeah. I would love that. I mean, you would just really want to see a shitty playoff match. You no, are no, no, begging. no, listen. You are begging for a horrible playoff game. No, 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 listen. I hope they will win the first round of the playoffs unless they play the football team. I'm football team all the way. Okay, but then I hope they play the Packers and they just get blown out. And then and that would starts, be lovely. And, and that's how it had to happen. Hating on Mitchell Trubisky and Matt Nagy again. I mean, they're ass anyway. I don't care exactly. what they do. Like but. it would just be awesome. Like people would think, oh my god, the Bears actually have a shot. But yeah, then no. the yeah. I'm just gonna take out. the Vikings because I don't want yeah. the Bears to win. Screw you. Josh. I don't want the Bears to win either because of Josh. But yeah, I'll Josh. Josh has pissed me off. Enough. Josh ruined it for me when he went through ten minutes of. Well, they can get the five and play the Washington football team at four. <laughs> oh my god! Huh? <laughs> I just wanted to see. He's like, he's like, he's like, if this happens like, and this happens oh, and a, so this scenario involves and, and if there's a solar eclipse for seven thousand days in a row, then we're gonna have this happen. <laughs> if there's a solar eclipse, <laughs> no, it's if there's a solar eclipse four hundred and twenty. What the hell are you trying to say, Josh? It wasn't you literally funny. just said it. I said if there's a solar eclipse for 7,000 days straight, no, and you go, wrong. no. And I said, no, you were wrong. Because Holy that's... crap, the Raiders punter sucks balls. <laughs> All <laughs> right, that's a good transition. Next, Next game. up, the Detroit Lions versus Tennessee Titans. Uh, Titans are left point favorites. If Matthew Stafford plays, this he's is my not. lock of the week. He's not playing. But, he, but he's not going to play. He's doubtful, so I'm not, not taking the week. I'm picking the Titans to win yeah, and cover. John? Uh, yeah, Titans to win and cover. Against who? The Lions, because okay. Stafford ain't going to play. Next up, hey. Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens are 13-point favorites. Guys, I'm going to do it. Call me stupid, but give me Jacksonville my lock of the week. Oh, mm-hmm. Jesus. All right. Because all, right. all these good teams they play, they – they keep it within like one score. Dude, they did last, last week. week though. <laughs> and against the Packers. They split the Packers, week. but they lost by twenty one last week. But yeah. Minshew's starting week? again. So there's that. Um I'll take Baltimore and I'll take them to cover. Yeah, I will take Baltimore and I will take them to cover because I originally was like, Oh, Jacksonville usually keeps it close and all this, but then last week they didn't. So 
That's just yeah. correct. Um, next up, New England Patriots <laughs> versus the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are a point and a half favorite. Will anyone take the easy route? AKA, will Jackson take the Dolphins once again? No, not taking Miami. Wow. Uh, I am taking them to win the game. Team against the spread this year, by the I way. am taking them to win the game, but I'm not taking them to cover. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, I, I guess I am taking them to cover, but I'm not making it my lock. Well, That's yeah. what I meant to say. But, yeah, I'm taking the Dolphins. I think they'll cover, too. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much impossible Don't. not to cover that line if you win. Yeah. Um, I'm taking the Dolphins. Uh, I don't think the Patriots are all that good. All right, um, nice. And that's, I don't know what the deal is with them, too, because, I don't know, they confuse me. They confuse Next up, me. the San Francisco 49ers versus the Dallas Cowboys. 49ers are three-point favorites against the Cowboys. I'm so glad they flexed this game out of Sunday Night Football. I did, too. I'm going to take the Niners to win this game and cover the spread, but it's not my lock, but... Uh, yeah, I I guess I'll take them. Doesn't really matter, but I'll take them. Uh, yeah, I'll take the 49ers. Have a day, Nick Mullins, you know. Yeah, I'll I don't even know if he's going to start. And what's the weird, like, stat with Nick Mullins? Doesn't he have some, like, insane stat that's like, what the hell? He has the third most passing yards in his first 13 games. Yeah, that's <laughs> That has to be is. it. Um, next up. I'll say this. He has five more passing touchdowns than Cam Newton this year. That's not hard to beat. <laughs> True. Uh, next up, the Seattle Seahawks versus the Washington football team. Seahawks are six-point favorites. I mean, I think, interesting. I think they're starting to give the football team a little too much credit for what for how they've been playing. Six-point favorites against the Seahawks. I want to say that's that's a little too close. Uh, I will say the Seahawks are going to win, and I will say they will cover as well. I think with Dwayne Haskins – maybe starting this game. And if Alex Smith does, it will not be very healthy, even though, I mean, is Alex Smith really ever healthy? I guess we'd have to ask that question really, but uh, no. Yeah. I'll take the, I'll take the Seahawks. I just don't think the uh, Washington football team has a quarterback to keep them in this game. John. Yeah. I'll take the Seahawks as well. The, I mean, I want to pick the football team. I've been cheering for them. They've been kind of a, like a good team to cheer for recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they've mm-hmm. had like, I know Alex Smith had barely any passing yards last week, but their offense since he's come in um, in most weeks has been like one of the most efficient ones in the NFL. So is Antonio Gibson back this week? Uh, I don't know. I don't know either, but I'm taking Seattle either way. Next yeah, up, I'm Tampa, still going to take Seattle. Next up, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Atlanta Falcons. Buccaneers are six point favorites against the Falcons. Um, I think this is actually. I think this is going to be a really good game. I think Matt Ryan's going to have a, his, his game of the year, and mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Falcons for that reason. You pick Matt Ryan to have his game of the year versus one of the better defenses in the NFL. That's game a very bold take. Uh, I'm taking Tampa. I think they cruise. Hey, Jackson, you say yeah, that every Tampa week, and you hope well. for it to happen. And they won last week, didn't they? And they won by double digits. So okay, suck well, it, Josh. Bailey knew how to kick suck it, Josh. It doesn't matter what Dan Bailey did. Suck it. It doesn't matter. Does Dan Bailey still have a job? Yes, he's the still he's still the kicker. He's still the kicker? He is still the kicker, yes. Bro, he's missed like seven field goals in the last two weeks. Yeah, he's still the kicker though. You gotta I don't know why, but he he would still be the kicker there. All right. John Hutain. Uh yeah, I am gonna go ahead and take Tampa. I said they would cruise. Although Ronald Jones, him. by the way, is not playing. Just get yeah, that out there. That is he interesting. He has 900 rushing yards. He's got the Coco. 
Next up, so, New York Jets versus the Los Angeles Rams. Rams are 17-point favorites. I mean, <laughs> I would say that this is big, but the Jets did lose by, like, a sh- just a shit ton yeah. of points. I was honestly hoping you would you were about to say they were seven point favorites because I was about to be like hell yeah lock it in but no uh, I'll take the Rams I'm not taking the line that's just plus seventeen I'm never gonna take that yeah I will take the Rams I will not take the line you never know what's gonna happen that that's really not a smart bet I feel like it's complete yeah yes next up <laughs> the... I guess every bet is but you know that, that is true next up the that... Eagles. First, the Cardinals. Cardinals are six-point favorites. Jackson, if you don't take the Eagles, I think you're kind of fake. I'm kind of fake. It's just a matchup thing, homie. I'm taking the Cardinals, but I'm taking the Eagles to cover. I'm yeah, so I'm taking, confused. I'm taking the Cardinals. You're picking um, the Cardinals to beat the Eagles, but you picked the Eagles to beat the Saints. Yeah, and one of and what happened? The Eagles did beat the Saints, didn't they? Yeah. So like what's okay, your well, well, no, well, what's your reasoning? Because yeah. I think the Cardinals are better right now than the Saints are with the fact that they actually have a quarterback and the Saints don't. All right. Fair enough. Not that hard to understand. It's just Kyler Murray yeah, is better than Taysom. You no, know, Kyler Murray, Dark Horse, Dark Horse runner up MVP. Yeah. Give him, him just give it to him already. Yeah, come on. Anyway. <laughs> just give Russ the MVP, bro. <laughs> Next, Next up, Chiefs versus Saints. Chiefs travel down to New Orleans to play the Saints, and I think it's like the fourth highest win percentage game between teams combined win percentage this late into the season. Um, it's starting to look like Drew Brees might be ready to play. That means they will have a lot of short completions. So um, I look if Taysom Hill plays. I can't believe I'm saying this, but. I think it's a better game if Taysom Hill plays. Mm, I don't know. What? I think Breeze is obviously better for the Saints than no, Taysom I know, Hill. But I feel like the way Taysom plays, we can't guard. But mm. I feel like with Breeze. Josh, this is not smart. I mean, I get what you're saying, but think, think of the mobile quarterbacks we've played. Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson, both of them did really relatively nothing important versus us until late in the game. So, I think Breeze would definitely be the harder matchup. I mean, I'm taking the Chiefs to win, though. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I think still picking the Chiefs either. The Chiefs really only play when they need to, and this is a game where they're probably going to feel like they need to play hard because they're playing a good team. So I think they will. And if they win this game, they can really put themselves on a nice little They just need nice to win two of the next three seat. games to get the first seed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're looking at a pretty yeah, they're looking at a pretty easy path if they win this game. All right, next up, the Cleveland Browns versus the New York Giants. Browns are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Daniel Jones, I think, is questionable. Mm. I'm actually not sure if he's playing or not. But, I mean, granted, they did. he did play last week, so uh, unless he re-injured himself. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, he sprained something on his other leg. Either way, I'm taking Cleveland to win the game, to be honest. So yeah, there's I, that. I think this is pretty good. I think Cleveland's a pretty solid team. John, yeah, John. I think Cleveland as well. Alrighty. All right. And Monday Night Football, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers versus Cincinnati Cincinnati Bengals. Excuse me. Um, Steelers are 13-point favorites. This is my lock of the week. Steelers cover I feel like 13. this is your lock of the week because you forgot to do one. It's not. I was. I remembered. I just was debating between two, and I, this is the one I landed on. Um 
Yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals are horrible since Burrow got hurt, and Pittsburgh should absolutely demolish them. Pittsburgh's going to be pissed coming off of two straight losses, in my opinion, and I think they're just going to absolutely embarrass them. So, yeah, that's what I'm picking. Just think of the Steelers lose this somehow. If they lose this, then their season's it's then just they done. are officially frauds. Yeah. I mean, they're, according to Josh, they already are, but, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, they're already frauds. They're, they're, I got you know I'm kind of hypocritical because I said I wouldn't pick a 17 point line, but then I took a 13 point line. But I hey, it's still not a 17 point line. I think I just think the Bengals, uh, for one, don't give a shit anymore. They know the season's screwed. The second Burrow went down, they knew it. And two, even if they did care, they can't do anything about it. They're terrible. So I mean, you're looking at a team that just lost by 23 points to the Cowboys. The Steelers should be able to cover this pretty easily. All right. That's going to conclude it. Um, lock of the week. John, Buffalo minus six. Me, Jacksonville plus 13. And Jackson, Pittsburgh Steelers minus 13. <clears throat> so, pretty big there. There's some big lines there. That's yeah. going to be – there could be some late game tough, tough scenes there. Yeah. So, now kind of looking otherwhere, uh, elsewhere. Otherwhere. Well, that's a new word. Elsewhere. We've already been talking about Missouri basketball and Missouri football recently, but we sat down with Mitchell Forty for a little interview on what we can expect from Coach Drinkwitz in the future and what we can expect from this Missouri Tigers team for basketball later this season. So now let's go take a listen. All right, we have a Missouri beat writer on. Uh, it's Mitchell Forty. Uh, Mitchell, we really appreciate you coming on to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, uh, let's start with football. We're going to talk about both sports, but let's start with football and end with basketball. Um, this is the first year of head coach Elijah Drinkwitz. Coming from a non-Power 5 school with only one year of head coaching experience, how do you, how would you grade uh, Drinkwitz's first year in the SEC? Uh, I mean, really, really high. If I'm putting a letter on it, I think it'd be a, at least an A, maybe an A+. Plus. I mean, um, look, I, I, you know, I thought this was going to be a little bit more of a learning curve. Uh, not only is, you know, uh, like you said, he, he didn't have a, a lot of head coaching experience and not at the power five level, but we had a really tumultuous off season, uh, no easy games really on the schedule and a 10 game sec schedule, um, you know, down four scholarships from the NCAA sanctions. And, uh, I picked this team to go something like three and seven, four and six this year. And then they're a win away from going six and four. So, um, I've been really impressed. Um, I think he's, he's done a good job, uh, you know, scheming to his player strengths on offense, kind of keeping the team together as a whole. Um, you know, they're, they're still a, a ways away from competing with the Georgias and Floridas of the league, as we saw this past weekend. But I think that's more of a talent issue than a coaching issue. So I think there's uh, certainly reason for optimism. Yeah. And I think one thing about him coming in is just, it's really changed everything. And I think we can see definitive improvements with recruiting and just general coaching, play calling, and all of that. But is there a facet of what Drinkwitz has done that impresses you more, whether it be the recruiting side or the X's and O's side or just, you know, anything about him, really? Yeah, I mean, so far it's got to be the, the recruiting for me. Um, you know, I, I think he's, he's done a fine job as an in-game coach, certainly, and a, a good job of, you know, getting his team prepared and stuff like that. But the, the recruiting is something that really we haven't 
seen quite on this level other than one or two years from Gary Pinkle uh, in Missouri history, um, you know, or at least since people started keeping track of recruiting. Um, you know, this this is looking like it's going to be a, a top 25 class, this 2021 class that's going to start signing on Wednesday. Um, Missouri's only had two top 25 classes in, in the Rivals ranking since Rivals started doing this in 2002. So that's, uh, you know, that that's 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 really impressive, especially, you know, for for a guy's first class. He's just he's really energetic. He, he clearly relates well. Um, with kids, his staff is energetic. So I, I think uh, I think that's what has impressed me the most so far. Yeah, it seems like every single day you're looking on Twitter and you see Drinkwitz just posting hashtag new zoo. And it's just like, what year? It's just, I just want to know who it is. Because he posts like two hours before the player even announces he's committing. Sometimes it seems like. But yeah, yeah. Talking about recruiting and Drinkwitz, uh, something that Barry Odom couldn't do with this recruiting. Drinkwitz this year... It seems like he is more worried. It's not going after those five-star recruits. He's worried about getting these battleground states in Missouri on lock. Do you think he might expand to going after these five-star recruits? And I know he's probably going after some, but do you think he'll start putting those guys on the top of his list after he gets these battleground states under control? Oh, he's going after the five-star kids for sure. Uh, it's just, you know, it's it's hard to obviously, you know, any kid who's got an offers from <clears> – <throat> you know, the Ohio States, the Alabamas, the LSUs, the Oklahomas of the world, it's, it's going to be a losing battle more times than not, no matter where they're from. But this 2022 class, there's two five-star kids out of St. Louis who uh, are, are definitely have been hearing a lot from Drinkwitz, especially Luther Burden. I know that. Um, and, you know, they're, you know, he, yes, he's putting an emphasis on, on, you know, sort of sealing the borders. Although I don't love that term because you're always going to have, you know, some kids choose to go elsewhere because it's inherently an individual thing. Each kid, you know, is, is different in what he's looking for. But the the emphasis is also on keeping the, the high end talent, especially at home. So, uh, you know, that those are that is absolutely being prioritized. But like I said, it's always hard to, uh, you know, to, to, to beat the Alabamas of the world. Uh, yeah. So just kind of shifting the focus off of coaching. Um I think one of the surprising, not necessarily surprising, but one of the exciting things with Mizzou has just been how well Connor Basilak is slotted in this year. Um, how how surprising has that rise come to you? And um, what is just the general sentiment about him long term? Because, you know, he still has four more years of eligibility and he's already shown a lot and he still has time to grow. Yeah, I think, you know, thinking back, that's probably the one area that Missouri's kind of overachieved the most from my preseason expectations is in the quarterback play. Um, that was one of the, the big question marks, obviously, coming into this season, you know, and, and you know, I, I feel like I'm justified for not expecting Bazelak to have been this good because he didn't even start. So, you know, like the, the, the staff, obviously, I don't think even thought he would be quite this good. Um, he's been really, really poised, which has impressed me, kind of mature beyond his years on the field. Um, he's been decisive. He's been accurate. Um, he's, he's said, you know, he, he's not perfect. He's like, he's, he's a redshirt freshman. He's got lots of time left. He's, he's been uh, a little hit and miss and probably more miss than hit throwing the deep ball. Um, you know, you, you'd like to see him maybe connect on some more downfield shots that aren't created by like trick plays. Um, you know, he's, he's still at times, uh, I think has, you know, been fooled by coverages from time to time, but you know, that's, that's going to happen for a, uh, for a red shirt freshman. So I don't know, you know, I have no idea at this point what, what, how he might profile as far as an NFL prospect or whether or not he would use all four el years of eligibility he has left. But I certainly think that the, uh, the future is bright at that position. 
Yeah, and I feel like we kind of just got lucky with who we hired as a coach with uh, Drinkwitz kind of already having a little uh, communication with Connor before he even came in here as he tried to recruit him when he was offensive coordinator at NC State, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. He recruited uh, Basilak, and Basilak actually took a visit there when Drinkwitz was the OC at NC State. So, yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, I'm going to be honest, when we played Arkansas and we were down, I don't even know how much in the fourth, there was a lot. John, who's on the podcast here, he had no faith in them. And I said, I believe, I think we might have a chance. I know we're Mizzou, but I was like, this is a new coach. It's a new year. And Drinkwitz actually won that game. If that's Barry Odom, I think we lose it every single time. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, it's hard to say, right? Like, I, I you know, it's hard to compare like that. But I, I definitely think that, you know, I would say that the record this year is probably not as good if the old coaching staff is still in place. Um, you know, it's, and yeah, I mean, I, I especially I think the biggest upgrade in my mind is honestly Drinkwitz over Bear, over Derek Dooley as offensive coordinator. I, yeah. I think he's done a really good job of, you know, scheming to his players' strengths and you know designing plays that that offer a lot of quick, easy completions for uh, for Basilak and getting the ball in in, uh, in the hands of Tyler Beatty and Jalen Knox. So uh, I, I I think he's done a, a really good job in that regard. Uh, yeah, so mainly just going on, Mizzou, they've kind of, this this new class, or I guess this upcoming class has been, like you said before, very impressive for recruiting, but how how um, important is that long-term to see that they can recruit like this, and it kind of, how much does it establish a precedent going forward that they can be kind of an elite recruiting school that can, you know, bring names that can really help build the program to Columbia? Yeah, it's extremely important. I mean, you know, recruiting is 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 kind of everything uh, for a college football program, you know, like, you know, individual rankings can, can be off, but in a, on a broader sense, the best teams on signing day are also the best teams on the field, you know, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Clemson, Ohio state, they're, they're good because they're getting the most talent. And so no one's expecting Drinkwitz to recruit at that level, but you need to, you know, Missouri needs to close that gap a little bit. It's been kind of perennially 13th or 14th in the sec, uh, the last five or six years in the recruiting rankings. So, um, you know, obviously one class doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, mean you're going to continue at that at that level but i think you know building some momentum is a real thing on the recruiting trail especially with in-state prospects who you know know each other and know the kids younger than them if, if kids see you know highly rated players go to missouri and then have success at missouri they're more likely to consider missouri yeah and right and before we get into basketball season's coming to an end as we play mississippi state for the final regular season as of right now who knows georgia and vanderbilt just got canceled where do you see this Missouri team going to a bowl game if you see them going to a bowl game? Yeah, they'll, they'll be uh, almost certainly in a bowl game. Um, I think they will be in one of what, what they kind of call the, uh, the I think, group of five bowl games for the SEC. It's it's the step below the Citrus Bowl. So it's Outback, Gator, uh, Texas, uh, I believe Armed Forces is in there, and then Music City and Liberty. So maybe that's six. I don't know. But uh, it, it'll be one of those. Um, I've seen the most projections point towards Outback or Gator. Um, I would, I would think probably they wouldn't do Liberty since that's the bowl Missouri last played in, although it's fans, yeah. not really part of the picture that might not be as much of a consideration. So it'll be one of those six. And, and I would think that, uh, just from what I've seen Outback and Gator are the two most likely possibilities. Yeah. Hopefully you play in the Outback Bowl. Last time we played there, Matty Mock destroyed a Minnesota defender and that was awesome. So let's get into basketball. Uh, 
I'm. Uh, you can ask anyone that listens to this podcast. I am one of the biggest Mizzou basketball fans, and I believe in this team too much. But this year it's different. It seems like I I'm expecting them to blow up almost in a sense, but everyone else is expecting them to do good. It's like you could have seen this coming from a mile away with Conzo because these recruiter, these recruits he got three, four years ago, they were all these good three, four-star recruits, and they weren't getting together in their freshman and sophomore year. But towards the end of last year, we kind of saw Xavier Pinson take a big step forward once he got that starting point guard position. What do you think it is with the way Conzo coaches and the way this team plays that's just making them succeed so much better this year, so much better? Uh, yeah, better this year than we've seen in the years past. You know, I think it's a few things. First of all, they're they're really experienced and they they know each other and they play well with each other. They seem to like each other, and I think that's something that just doesn't get as much credit as it maybe deserves in college basketball, where you've got a lot of teams that are made up of you know eighteen and nineteen year old kids who are pretty much more concerned about their individual stats and draft prospects than they are team success. Um, you know, that we've seen before this model of, you know, like the, the Wisconsin's and the Virginia's of the world, keeping, keeping classes together for three and four years and building success that way. So that's certainly a factor. Um, you know, staying healthy is a big thing and hopefully that continues. Obviously, you know, this group has, has not had many chances to be at full strength over the past couple of years. Um, and also I, I really credit Conzo for adopting a little bit of a faster style this year. You know, he's always been a guy who's been more comfortable winning games like 60 to 58. And, uh, you know, this year he's he's adapted a little bit to, to kind of the guard heavy lineup and the, the, the guards being the strengths by saying, yeah, go go run uh, if you get a chance. Now, it's, it's not reckless by any means, but but they're pushing the pace when given the opportunity and you're going to give up some more points when doing that. But it's also a really good way for to, you know, get some some easy opportunities to score. And that's you know pretty much how Missouri did most of its damage in the first half against Illinois. And yeah, you talked about health. I think that's one thing from last year that kind of changed with them losing Tillman and Smith. Um, I do want to know, is there something that just, you know, from watching this team that, that really jumped out and surprised you from what you would have expected coming into this year? Was there a big change that you really didn't see coming? Um, you know, it, I, I don't know if there's, I, I mean, the pace is a little bit surprising to me just because we had heard it for a couple of years and it had yet to materialize. So I was mm. kind of skeptical, but I think the biggest thing for me is just kind of the, the offensive balance. You know, we've seen this team over the past couple of years, go through some really tough scoring droughts and just not really have a guy who can step up and get you a bucket. Now it seems like almost everyone can do that. Um, you know, they, they haven't shot the ball well from three yet really at all this season but they've still you know pretty much had someone step up and 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 score or get to the free throw line or make the right play and and you know um keep from having really disastrous scoring traps that are the type that they can you know that you can't recover from so i think the balance is what has uh kind of surprised me the most and going into this year we all know mizzou was picked 10th and to win the sec we all know that's false uh where do you see this team in the standings towards the end of this year in the SEC? 
Oh man, you know it's it's hard because this is such a weird year. Like Tennessee, the league favorites, only played two games. Um, you know, Kentucky's kids have been on campus for only a couple months and hardly practiced before the year started. Like they're clearly talented, but they're also a mess right now. But I mean, I think Missouri absolutely should be talked about as a team that could win the SEC. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think they will be in the conversation. Um, I just think that they they have the consistency, and that goes a long way in college basketball right now, especially this year. Um, and I, I think, you know, if you're, you want to put like an expectation, a goal top four, so you get a double buy in the league tournament would be a, would be a realistic goal. And why do you, why do you think all these, uh, people that voted Missouri to get 10th, why do you think they thought of that? Um, you know, I think that's about where they finished the last two years and they didn't really make any splashy off season, um, you know, additions um and i think you know when when you're filling out you know a preseason poll i I think usually it's just like look at last year look at look at recruiting and and uh transfers and then you know take a guess from there um and you know the sec is it's always been at least the last three years it's been really tight between about teams three and eleven so um there may not have been a lot of space there but i can i can you know i would have i would have picked missouri higher than 10th but i definitely wouldn't have picked them as high as you know i'm talking about right now so i can kind of understand why people are were uh, were down on the team coming into the year so yeah maybe jumping the gun here but i think people really have to expect mizzou to be in the tournament um they haven't done that since conzo martin's first year and they really hadn't done it much before that as well so how important is it to kind of show that they're capable of that success for the long-term um, stability of the program, whether it just be confidence in Conzo or recruiting and then just anything else? Yeah, I think making the tournament is massive. I, I mean, if you don't make the tournament at this point this year, it's 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 a pretty big disappointment. Um, obviously, that's kind of the goal for pretty much every basketball team. You know, there are certain teams that obviously enter the year with with hopes of doing more. But in my mind, making the NCAA tournament is is the sign of success for a program like Missouri, especially because you know once you get there, really anything can happen at a single elimination tournament, but um, doing that in a bad way. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, um, you know, doing that, uh, I think it just shows that his process and his kind of foundation is working and there's probably going to take a a little bit of a step back next year. You know, obviously it's no guarantee that who's going to leave with this year, not counting against eligibility, but I'd be pretty surprised if guys like Jeremiah Tillman and uh, Drew Smith and Mark Smith and Xavier Pinson all come back. So, you know, to make the tournament this year, um, I think, you know, gives him a little bit of equity if, if uh, next year is a little bit of a step back. Yeah, and you were kind of talking about uh, Xavier Pinson. You look at this team, you have Jeremiah Tillman, Bo- all the Smiths, not both, all the Smiths, and uh, is there one more? No, one, all, all the seniors. And like you said, there's another year of eligibility, but since you have so many – ways to make money in this league and it doesn't just need to be the nba you can play literally anywhere and make good money do you see any of them coming back uh i mean as of right now i probably wouldn't pick any of them to come back um i mean maybe one of them will but like uh, jeremiah tillman's already basically said like yeah this is probably you know this is my last year and 
And I think he's, you know, been not eager, but but he's at least looked into the idea of, of, you know, making money after the past two seasons. Xavier Pinson went through the draft process after last year. Mitchell Smith went through the draft process. Um, and, you know, Mark Smith and Drew Smith, I, I, in my mind, would I don't know what more they could prove by coming back for another year now, unless maybe they wanted they had a, a, a school program they were really interested in. Drew Bugs is a senior as well. I don't know where his, his head's at. You know, I really haven't gotten to know him all that well just because he just got to campus and we haven't gotten to do in-person interviews this year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, odds are maybe one of them would come back, but I'm not going to say, you know, pick which one, and I doubt it would be more than one. Yeah. Um, just kind of staying on the focus of this year's team, I think the one big thing that really helps them is just um, a lot of depth. They have players from each level that can really contribute for them. Um, do you think that that is going to be an issue following this season? If losing players, do you think that's something that they're going to want to directly address? Um, because I think that's kind of a difficult thing to wane off of once you lose it following this year. Yeah, I mean, that's a concern. Um, they are bringing in a big uh, 2021 recruiting class. I think they have, I want to say, five guys uh, signed right now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that replaces some of the depth. But you, I think more of the concern is finding guys who can contribute right away because you don't obviously want to lean on a bunch of uh, true freshmen next year. So I'm, I'm sure they'll uh, hit the transfer market, what should be a very busy transfer market this offseason. Yeah, so let's kind of go back to Saturday night. Missouri versus Illinois. Sixth-ranked Illinois versus unranked Missouri. It was – I hate saying it. I mean, I actually like saying it. But when we were playing that game, it, it didn't feel like we were going up against a sixth-ranked team. And I'm not trashing on Illinois, but it felt like we were the better team and the better team did win. Who – what do you think the ceiling is for Missouri this year? Like, what do you think they could achieve? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I felt like Missouri was in control pretty much the whole time. And and despite it, it I didn't feel like Missouri played its best game either. No, you know, I, I think they played a game that they can replicate um, moving forward. So, I, I mean, you know, I, I think the ceiling for Missouri is winning the SEC. I really do. At regular season, I, I think that's an achievable thing. Um, it's It wouldn't be easy. I wouldn't – I'm not saying it's a disappointment if they don't get there, but I, I think that is – a possibility. Uh, like I said, I, I don't like to, you know, speculate on what could happen in the tournament because it depends so much on matchups and, you know, what happens in a single elimination setting. But um, man, I think, I mean, winning an, an SEC title would be a pretty big accomplishment. Do you, do you have a project projection on like seating? Um, you know, I, I mean, for, if we're talking ceiling, yeah, ceiling um, projection. I mean, it, this, this isn't likely, but you know, you could see the winner of the sec getting a two or a three seed. Now I wouldn't bet on that. If I, if I had to take a guess and obviously there's still a ton of season left to play, I'm, I'm guessing Missouri ends up in like the five or six seed range. All right. Yeah. So, uh, just continuing on here. Um, I think we saw one thing that we usually don't see. Um, just from Mizzou teams in general, and it was the some of our main contributors in that last game, Mark Smith, Jeremiah Tillman. They both they both really struggled um, to produce at the same level that they had been at, um, and Mizzou still came away with the win. So that was pretty shocking. Um, how how just overall impressed were you? We saw guys that you know hadn't stepped up a ton, like Javon Pickett put up a lot. So it was definitely an unusual performance. Yeah, that's kind of what I was touching on earlier with what's kind of surprised me most about this team is just their their depth and their ability to find someone who, who you know, consistently a different person who steps up. Um, 
you know, I mean, Mark Smith had been the best player on the team this season until that game. And, um, you know, really the only one who could shoot consistently out from outside the arc, but they still, you know, just found various ways to, to score. Javon Pickett was really good, although that doesn't come as a surprise because that's just kind of what he does against Illinois. Uh, Xavier Pinson, you know, found that found some ways to score. Drew Smith was good on both ends. I thought Mitchell Smith gave them some huge minutes. Uh, Kobe Brown uh, has continued to be better this season at, on the offensive end at driving to the hole. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I, I just think the balance is, is this team's strength right now. All right, John, do you have any more questions? Mm, that is pretty much all for me. All right, Mitchell, before we let you go, we ask every person that comes on this podcast one question. We just tally them up. Uh, we have to say this won't happen in real life, but who do you think would win in a fight? One Conor McGregor or 30 10-year-olds? And this is in a this is recess. Oh, wow. I mean, uh, <laughs> you really put – I didn't – I hadn't – done you know know that didn't know this was coming hadn't done uh yeah research, we don't we don't but, tell anybody we just put them on the yeah. spot because that, that i'm gonna go with one conor mcgregor uh, Oof, man everyone's firing yeah, conor mcgregor see, recently I, me and john we just think you get one kid that one shot to conor mcgregor he'll go down for a, a few seconds you know and then hopefully the kids can fight to win so but yeah, yeah who knows? i worry about the 10 year old's motivation levels uh they might get distracted see one time yeah. i said well they have to if they don't win the fight they don't make it out but then one dude said well that that's bad how about 50 weasels or something we were like why why we were just like that wouldn't be even fun so dude kind of made it bad but thank you for coming on again mitchell do you have anything you want to shout out promote uh yeah, I mean, powermizzou.com, Missouri, it's uh, missouri.rivals.com is, is uh, my website. And we've, we've got a ton coming up this week with it being the early signing period. So if you're into Mizzou recruiting, uh, check us out. All right, Mitchell, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. If you guys want to follow Mitchell on Twitter, follow him at Mitchell for the letter D. Other than that, thank you for coming on the podcast, Mitchell. Yep, thanks for having me. All right. All right. Three, two, one. All right. Thank you again to Mitchell for coming on the podcast. If you guys want to follow Mitchell, follow him at Mitchell4D on Twitter. And if you guys want to look at anything he writes, like you said, go to powermazoo.com. But kind of steering away from Mizzou because we've kind of been talking their dick for the past couple weeks. True. <clears throat> um, let's go into Rona. NBA. I knew one of you two would say that. I really <laughs> did. I really knew one of you two were going to say right. that. Well, NBA. Yeah, there you go. Um, Jackson, we forgot to do it last time. Yeah. You have a new segment. We do have a new segment. Um, it's inspired by James Harden, uh, cause he's fat again. He seems like he's always fat to start the regular season. He's fat. Uh, so it's called who's eaten. And we're going to shout out one big boy every week from some sport, uh, whether so it be football, basketball, Harden. baseball, this, this would have been a great segment for when Bartolo Colon was still playing. I'm just going to point that out. It would have been great. I think we would have um, just gave it to him every week. I think so. But, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, also the week Eric Fisher got a touchdown. So, yeah, big – who's eating? That's that's going to be a new segment. Thank you, James Harden, for eating a lot and giving me the idea. A.K.A. going um, to the strip club. And, yeah, so um, I'm going to be honest. Big boy football, I, I anybody got one? Anybody got a big boy of the week? Because – 
Uh, we really didn't prepare for this, Josh. Big, Thanks for just my big me. Bro, I thought it was just James Harden. I thought he was an uh, inaugural. Uh, who's okay, I think he'll be the first one then, yeah. yeah we'll just make James Harden the one that kind of gave us. So just talking about James idea. Harden. We'll, we'll go ahead and shift gears with that. Exactly. Um, That's kind of what I thought it was. Good job, Josh. Good job. I'm proud of you. Um, my big boy of the year is John Gruden, who's gotten a little bit um, fat. So James Harden. Uh, is not going to play for the Rockets this year. It's pretty apparent that that's not going to happen. Uh, the teams interested in him primarily are the Nets, Heat, and 76ers, with the Heat and 76ers right now be- making the most noise. So I ask you guys, uh, where should Harden go? And what the hell? What? I just heard John come in and say, my big boy of the year. Is that just me that heard that? Yeah, Yeah, that that just came in. Bro, he said that a long time ago. Wow, okay, my thing glitched then because I just heard that. But big boy of the year. I just heard that. I was like, what the hell? But yeah, where do you guys think James Harden fits best in and why? Start with Uh, you, Josh. I still think it's Houston, but I don't think he fits well in any team, so that's why I'm just going Houston. James, well, no, I'll say say the uh, 76ers. I don't think he'll fit well in – Brooklyn. Yeah, I, here's the thing. I'll let actually, John. I'll let you go. Where do you think he fits right now? Uh, I think he fits nowhere to be yeah, entirely honest. I, I think we all kind of agree with that. So I think what I was gonna say is like, you got a guy who is a top ten player in the league somehow, even though he his diet obviously contains Taco Bell and that's it. Um, but I mean, it, it's hard because you have a player that literally averages over thirty points a game, like for like five seasons in a row now. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think the Sixers go after him. I mean, I'm hearing they are, but you got to think about Daryl Morey uh, was just the GM of the Rockets. You really think he wants to bring Harden in again and deal with him again? Uh, he could. Uh, it would definitely have to include Ben Simmons, but. And he already shut. Uh, Woj said he was available, but then literally within that first hour, Morey said that that is not true, so. Mm. I think ultimately, unfortunately, as a Heat fan, he ends up in Miami, which is just paining me. Um, I think I, I think it will. They're in talks. That's what's being reported. Um, I thought I think just reported that it's Brooklyn and the 76ers as frontrunners. Well, that changed. Well, there, I also saw the Heat were in talks. I hope he doesn't go to Miami, so I'm not just trying to stir shit. Like, I don't want him to, but I've heard shit. That yeah, he's going to my. I, I, you do uh, like to be woe sometimes. I, yeah. I just like telling you what woe says. Oh, Joge for Jackson, you know, whatever. Terrible, terrible. Yes, attempt. all right. But, here it is. As of 524 on December 17th, ESPN reporting with uh, Ramon Shelburne, the Houston Rockets are increasingly expanding trade discussions on James Harden beyond his preferred destinations of Brooklyn and Philadelphia. So <laughs> now that I'm reading that, uh, Jackson, you're right. Thank you. Um, yeah, a lot of Heat inside reporters have been talking about it, and the tipping point that I'm hearing is the Heat are uh, the Heat are going to give up Tyler Hero, which first of all, like, just no, like, come on, don't do that. But they're gonna, they're probably going to include Iguodala. They'll probably include Kelly Olynyk just to get the salary matched up and do stuff like that. The tipping point, though, that Pat Riley is at right now, apparently, is what is being reported is he does not want to give up Duncan Robinson. That's the guy he is trying. I, I That's see that. Listen, if I had to give up Robinson or Hero, I'd honestly give up Robinson. Well, I don't know. But, I mean, God. I I just don't think the Heat should make the trade. I don't think it's what the Heat are built on. 
they're more of, you know, they're such a team of like a bunch of misfits and a bunch of guys that work their ass off to get to where they're at. And then you got this guy who, when they have consecutive off days, just goes to strip clubs in different cities and comes back. Like I just, I just could not see Jimmy Butler getting along with him. I could not see Bam getting along with him. I, I couldn't see any of them. I couldn't just see Spolstra getting. James like, Harden comes in and uh, he says, yo, Jimmy, you want to go to the strip club? And Jimmy's like, Jimmy's nah, I'm, I'm, I'm grilling and I'm going to listen to my country music. If you want to come over, sure. Jimmy's going to say, uh, I got some big face coffee for you right now and it is not free. So <laughs> go ahead and pay a something bitch. I can't see it. Uh, but yeah, I, I hope the Heat don't make the move, to be completely honest. I really hope they don't. Uh, but it's pretty evident that James Harden is not going to be playing with the Rockets this year. And if he is playing for them at all, it will not be for very long. It will, what's been, well, there was a dude, a big person that kind of was, that was playing with the team. Wasn't it Jimmy Butler with the Timberwolves? Like, we all knew he was getting traded, but he kept on playing with them. Uh, could have been. Um, I feel like that happens as where guys request trades and they'll still play oh, a little bit. No, I was thinking of Anthony Davis. This is kind of Anthony exactly Davis did that too. Yeah, but he didn't play a lot. Like he would play like well, yeah, ten he minutes. Sat out because he didn't want to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, and, and the best part about all of that, by the way, one of the most iconic moments of this past decade was him the last game there where he's not even playing. He shows up in a "That's All Folks" shirt for Looney Tunes. <laughs> Sorry, I think it was Looney Tunes. It was so damn funny. He never admitted it was on purpose. I was really hoping when he got absolutely just hammered after they won the finals, he would accidentally, but didn't happen. But yeah, there's there's that. That was pretty funny. Um, John, if the Heat were to trade him, what would be too much for them to give up? Uh. I would say pretty much anything. Like, I don't know, man. It's such a weird thing. I just don't see why any organization would want to touch that with a freaking 40-foot pull. So, that's yeah. what I... Well, I mean, I can... It's hard, because he averages... He literally last year averaged 34 points a game. Like, it's the year before, 36. Like, it's... Kind but of he hard. Showed up to the first game looking like the freaking Michelin man. Like <laughs> I, I just don't know that. That is such a. You see that, and then you go, okay, this is also a guy who can't really operate as anything but the centerpiece. Yeah. So it just kind of like, and then and then the Rockets want you to give up multiple first round picks for him. It's like it's all. Did you see what they actually wanted from Philly? It's hilarious. They want Simmons, some other like young kids like. Thibault, anyone know who I'm trying to talk about? Um, and then th- and then three first round picks. Yeah, like no. Like, what the hell for a 31 year old obese basketball player? Like, yeah, I, get, I know he's not a enthusiast. Listen, never won anything. Never won anything important other than an MVP. Which is that really that important in the grand scheme of things? Compared, I mean. Mm-mm. Yes, it's an important award, but like, come on, bro. Like, when it gets to playoff time, there's a reason he doesn't succeed as well because the refs swallow their whistle more. They don't call as much. And that and the argument could be made that LeBron should be MVP every year. Yeah, that argument could very well be made. Harden's listed, at, like LeBron. Harden's listed at 6'5, 220. What do you think he's weighing in at right now? I, I think 245 is where we're looking at right now. Probably around that. Yeah, probably around that. I think. He's- Big, he's a big boy. He's a big boy. I, I tell you what. I'll tell you what though. When he was actually playing, he didn't look as bad. Uh, it, the, that one picture though that everyone saw, horrible, horrible, horrible. Yeah, like looks like a fat ass. He just looked like 
some random 50 year old that went to the YMCA and he was like back in 1986, my high school team won the state championship. Like, he just looked like a complete out of shape, dumbass out there, uh, which is kind of sad because John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins look really good so far. And I think if he actually just bought in, they actually might be pretty, pretty damn good at past at, uh, this season. But yeah. I, Dude, it's gonna be he, cool to see John Wall play again. I feel like I haven't watched him. Yeah, John Wall's last game. He in two played, years. Yeah, his last game he played was a fat minute ago. Then he like tears ACL, and then like while he was recovering tore his Achilles. Yeah, it was like, something like that. I know it all house. started because he fell down the stairs. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was the second injury he got was the stairs. I thought the first one was on the court. Uh, it, yeah, it will be interesting true. to see him, and if. I mean, what do you do if you're Houston? Like they're, they're in such a terrible position. You can position. still play for the playoffs with those two players. With those two, I mean, you're relying on God. I don't know about that, especially in the West. Uh, but we'll see. I, I mean, would damn. suck if you own any of the Rockets jerseys from last year. Literally, it's a different team. Unless it's PJ Tucker or Eric Gordon, the Angry Bird looking character, but. Yeah. Uh, Literally, that, I mean, get, see your Russell, see you, Robert Covington. How have I never heard the Eric yeah. Angry Bird comparison? <laughs> I see it immediately. You haven't? I've never heard of no, that. I thought I've said it. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? No, but yeah, I no, see that, it now. now like like the it, green totally character? Yeah. 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 Gosh, go ahead and make this the, the Twitter video this week. <laughs> put, the, put the thing over it. Yeah, Eric Gordon totally looks like the green Angry Bird. Like, Literally, the first time I saw him, I was like, wait a minute. And then I saw it went viral on social media. I was like, yep. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah, so Angry Bird Eric Gordon. All right. Yeah, it's, a, it's on Reddit. That's that's where I found it first, and I just laughed my ass off. And then whenever Eric Gordon had a fifth – Eric Gordon had a 50-point game one time, and someone just said – you just got – someone made a meme, like, you just got dropped 50 on you by Angry Bird. <laughs> so it was – Yeah. That was that's funny. There's that. Yep. I mean, I don't have anything else to really. Good laughs on that. Um, I mean, I'm fine leaving on Angry Bird. Angry Bird. Angry Birds. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's just not a lot that needs to be said. Next week, there will be a lot to be said. Basketball starts on the 23rd with Christmas Day. I thought it was the 23rd. My bad. 22nd. Right. Um, I think 22nd. Yeah, yeah, it probably is. I think the Heat play the 23rd. That yeah, might be what all I the bat, Like, Jackson, me, our teams, you know. Yeah. John, Jesus um, Christ, are you falling down the stairs? No, I'm closing my fridge. <laughs> You're you becoming James Harden over there, eh? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Pretty much. John, what would you eat or drink during the podcast? We'll leave it on yeah, this. I think the viewers want to know. So, yeah, I have this, like, peanut brittle that's pretty tasty. I eat, like... A lot of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we had Gatorade tonight. What flavor? Oh, uh, red. Ooh, nice. Red. Okay, uh, uh, red's red's acceptable. Uh, red's very I, acceptable. I think that was, I, that was I my honestly like. Is there a flavor Gatorade that isn't good? Like that's. Uh, I can drink lime, but I'd rather have blue grape or red. I mean, there's definitely preferences, but like, have, is there did one you guys that's... ever had that like dark green apple? I, that, I think I've literally had all of it. Like, it's just like, how could you not have had all of it by this point? Hey, yeah. Gatorade Cool Blue is insane. It goes hard. Yeah. The I mean, Arctic Blitz Frost goes hard as hell. The Glacier Cherry goes hard as hell. All right. Um, 
we're gonna yeah. end it on this. All these go crazy. It just if you're listening, sponsor us Gatorade, honestly. We're gonna you end on this. I have the berry for you punch. Guys. I mean, this is all great. Jesus Jackson, are you gonna jerk off to Gatorade? No, I'm gonna drink it actually. That's and then jerk hard. off with the energy you get. Uh, that's Red Bull that gives you wings like that, buddy. All right, not anyway, here we go. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but can you guess the top four highest passer rating on third downs this season? Rodgers. That's just correct. He's number four. Mahomes. Yes, he is number one. Mm. I know you damn Wilson? well. No, I damn well know you will not get the second one. Josh, Josh Allen. Allen? Nope. You both said Drew, Josh Allen. Drew Locke. No. Uh, Daniel Jones. Who? Daniel Jones. He's... No. Kirk Cousins. No. You guys still haven't gotten one of the obvious ones. Matthew Stafford. No. Aaron Rodgers. You're, that's already been said. You already have you Patrick Mahomes. Right? Yeah. You guys, and I was a no. And you guys already have Patrick Mahomes at one and, and Aaron Rodgers at four. No. Uh, Herbert. Ryan Tannehill. No and no. Derek Carr. No. And let me say this. Let me say this. Kyler Alex Murray. Smith. No, no. Let me say this. Let me say this. <laughs> what the fuck? Let me say this. this Mitchell Trubisky. No, it does not matter. No passing attempts are required, but it's not like Trace oh. McSorley. It's not like Trace McSorley. It's like oh. these two are starting quarterbacks right now. Uh, they're And they're worthy of being starters. Like, it's not just like. Yeah, no, it's not like a one pass. Uh, Do they have like, like 100 attempts at least? Like, does that. I would assume so. Okay. Yeah, no. I didn't Jesus. think Bridgewater. Matt Ryan. No. Wow. Uh, Sean Watson. Cam no. Newton. No. Tua. No. Ryan Fitzpatrick. No. Philip Rivers. No. Jesus. Sam Darnold. Sean Watson. No, no. Uh, Baker Mayfield. No. Jared Goff. No. What is going on? <laughs> Jake Dak Prescott. No, no. Baker Minshew. Rod Gardner Minshew. Yes, yes, that's number two. Matthew Stafford. Oh. That's why I oh, wanted to said Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, Gardner Minshew is number two. We'd have to get number three still, right? Yeah. And Matthew I'm su- Stafford. No, you guys, I'm surprised you haven't gotten this. Oh, my God. Drew Brees. Uh, yes. Okay, I thought about Drew Brees. I should have said it's yeah. Patrick Mahomes at 126.4. Gardner Minshew at 114.5. Drew Brees. 112.6, Aaron Rodgers 112.1. God, this is this is flashbacks of guess that player. This is oh dude, that was <laughs> we we went guess way that back. Player. Oh shit. Should we do a guess that player? Just you know, we're on a short podcast, I think. We could do a guess I that player. I can look up one real player. quick. Yeah, I'll look up one. I already have it. All right, all right, cool. All right. I'm pretty much brain dead, so no. I'm gonna suck. All right. Um let me get it. there's that. This is a football player. All right. This dude is a running back, and he is a. Uh, he is third. Shoot, is he? Josh really knows this player well. No, because pro football player or whatever they're at, whatever they are, they're pro not really reference. good at saying like what stat they are. Here we go. Um. All right, this player is 19th on rushing touchdowns this year. This year. So he's active. Yes. All so right. So 19th in rushing touchdowns running back. Yeah, and he's a mm. What a great hint. Okay, well. All right, fine. You want you want the hint that gives it all? No. Cl- Clyde Edwards-Alaire. No. Fuck. Um 
Um, no, Austin just... Eckler. No. Melvin Gordon. No. Philip Lindsay. No. Yes. It could be a quarterback, John. We have to. He's a running back. Okay. Aaron Jones. No. And this player has only started in eight games this year. Raheem Mostert. No. Damian Harris. No. He's a rookie. Jonathan Taylor. No. J.K. Dobbins. No. Uh, DeAndre Swift. Nope. Oh, uh, oh, oh. Who's the other one? Damn, uh, damn, uh, Antonio Gibson. Yep. Yep. That's right. why I don't want to say rookie, but kind of had to. Well, that's all right. I'll give you an active player as well. <laughs> this one's right. bad. <laughs> what? No, I found one. I was like, that would just be messed up. All right. Let me find somebody. All right, here. I, I got if, somebody. If you have it, all right, if you have it, this will be the last one. All right, that's fine. This player is a linebacker, and he's played for two different teams in his – no, scratch that, three different teams in his career, two of them being in the AFC, one of them being his current team in the NFC. He starts. He is a Super Bowl champion. Go for it. He's in the NFC, and he's a Super Bowl champion, but he started in the AFC. Yes, he has been on – It's his ring within the last five years. He's actually a two-time Super Bowl champion. Is one of those rings within the last five years? Uh, let me find Jackson, out. Jackson, just think about the last five teams I won. Well, I, he's been on some different teams, all right? He's like, been on three. Yeah, but at different times. But hey. Uh, okay, so. Buddy. He, <laughs> he has <laughs> been on. Those two teams he was on were fair. They were within the last 10 years, yeah. Hey, buddy. I said last five. Oh, not all of them were in the last five. So I'm going to assume this dude's probably. I will tell you this. He has career 25 and a half sacks. Dude, this isn't giving shit. 19 oh, forced fumbles no in his idea. career. He's, I will say this. He's played for one team two separate times. John, I have no idea. He started his career with them in 2013. He got traded back to them. John, I still have no idea. I don't know either. He's a one-time pro bowler. John, believe it or not, I think I still have no idea. All right. Well, I guess I'll try and help you out a bit. The three teams he's played for in his career are the Patriots, Browns, and Lions. And he's on the Lions now. Dude, I don't know Lions linebackers. I'm not making this a Dante Hightower. Who the – I don't know. Uh He was a second-round pick. We're not getting this. I don't know the Lions middle linebackers or linebackers. All right. Well, if you guys don't know this guy, then you're a casual because he's been around. He's he's a name that people know. You're going to tell us what? Uh, If you don't want to guess anymore, I guess I win. You win, Jackson. You you guys. Jamie Collins? Yep. Yeah, he did get traded to the Browns. I mean, yeah. I know Jamie Collins, but yeah. I'm not mad. I didn't get. I that. don't follow Jamie Collins on I mean, his. I wasn't gonna give you an easy one like Josh did. Yeah, because I, I just wanted I to get. I wasn't gonna John give you an easy one. Oh, okay, let's end this. Be that's that's crap. what I was saying. I wanted to end it pretty quickly. I mean, mm. Jackson just went tryhard mode on. People don't, don't appreciate 
the good trivia I'm giving out. All right, that's been it for Primetime Kansas City. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe. Let us know what we did good, what we did bad. If you guys want to follow us on Twitter at Primetime underscore KC, that would be awesome and appreciated. Other than that, do you guys have anything other to say? No. All right, see you guys on the next one. Peace.